Hello there. Hello. Hi. It is you again, Connor. You keep showing up on this podcast. I, I don't know how that keeps happening. I have walked into this room on accident so many times. And you just, you know what? It's nice of you to just offer a chair and let me get my bearings. It's it's great. Yeah, honestly, I'm, I think I'm going to have to burn the chair after this. But I do agree with you. I think it's good that I am offering that when you stumble in here by mistake so many times. Uh-huh. All right, so, so what are we talking about? I mean, like, it's not that we don't already know, but for the listeners oh. that just didn't read the title of this podcast episode, what are we going to be talking about? Well, listeners who didn't read the title of this episode, which will surely be called Spacewalk No Way Home, we are talking <laughs> about, of course, Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, wild, wild movie. Me and Billy accidentally ended up going to the same showing believe it or not we'd planned to go together later on but like no we went to a, we each agreed to go to a solo showing we ended up at the same showing like four seats like away from each other in the same row so that's what we're gonna be talking about today we're gonna be talking about spider-man no way home in all of its delicious juicy crazy glory Yep, I don't know. I, I don't know how long this is going to end up being because I know it's going to be a lot to talk about. The movie itself is like two and a half hours long. I, I, I don't plan for the episode to be two and a half hours long, too, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, let's just let's just go. I, I'd say about it'll, it'll probably take us about an hour to sum it all up. I mean, it, like there was a lot in the movie, but I mean, we're both right. very clear and concise speakers. We can convey our points. I'm also doing Adobe Premiere Pro work right now. I'm working on something, so. That'll be cool. All right. I guess it'll be a little multitasking. I'll be looking at some like chocolate pretzels I have near me, but I don't think I'll actually end up eating them. So uh, I have something to do. Yep. All right. So should we just like uh, give our general impressions of the movie and then just start describing it like scene by scene, what we liked, what we may have not liked? Okay. So I'm going to start mine because I'm the guest. Guest goes first. Right. (laughs) Take it over. Um, I'm going to give it like a 9 out of 10. Like, it was amazing. It could have been like a little bit longer. I think that's the reason I'd knock off a point is because a little more time. Like, this is one of those movies where, like, yeah, more time, flesh out, you know, a couple more of these awesome ensemble of villains you have. Um, give us a little more time with spoiler alert, spoiler alert, <laughs> the other two Spider Men. Um, yeah, just uh, just more, just like another ten minutes, another ten fifteen minutes, to just be at that low point after the spoil alert death <laughs> of Aunt May. Um, yeah, I mean the movie itself is paced wonderfully. It just, I, I like I said, like ten fifteen minutes to just let us bathe in this, in some of these moments. You know, like there were some glory shots, there were some cool moments where we got to like chill for a minute, but it was like, yeah. Nine out of ten for sure. Like it is by it is far and away like the best, if not the second or third best Marvel movie. I still hold the Winter Soldier in very high regard, and I still hold Infinity War in high regard. But No Way Home like carved out its place in the MCU like pantheon of great movies. Okay, I think that's a very very agreeable thing that you said overall. Um, I don't have like a lot to like add to that like general synopsis or i guess that wouldn't be a synopsis it's just general opinion giving um i would i would say that it was well definitely the favorite movie that i had seen that year um i know that you rank a few other ones that year a little bit higher um 
most of the ones that you would rank higher are ones that I would have also seen and definitely enjoyed, but not necessarily as much as this one. Um, it's definitely my, uh, my favorite of the Marvel movies. Um, not that I didn't like the Avengers Endgame and Infinity War and all those other Iron Man cool ones. Um, it's just that I was more looking forward to this one because this was actually the first Marvel movie I had seen in theaters that's part of the cinematic universe thing. The previous movie I went to go see in theaters was Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse just because um, Ben and Damon were like, Hey, we should go see this. And I was like, sure. And I had like, no like interest in seeing it at first. And then like, once I saw it, I was like, okay, this is one of my favorite movies. And then this came along and I was planning on seeing it. And I was like, okay, this is like one of my favorite movies, but like in a slightly different way. So there are like a few like things I would change about the movie, like not major things necessarily. I mean, I'm sure we'll go into the details once we go on further. But uh, overall, I generally agree with what you said about the overall quality of it being very high for sure. Yeah. I think a lot of the quality, like we talk about the performance, like people talk about the performances, okay? Zendaya, Marissa Tomei, Nathan Batalon, Maguire, Garfield, Holland, Molina. I think a lot of the credit for this movie's quality goes to director John Watts. Mm-hmm. He nailed three consecutive Spider-Man movies. Okay. Mark Webb. And this is going to be a disputed thing that I say because I loved the first Amazing Spider-Man. And I was okay with the second one. I'm not going to sit here and claim that I loved it after seeing the first one. Right. I loved the first one. Though. I loved what they did with Dr. Kurt Connors and the Lizard. And Mark Webb couldn't nail those two Amazing Spider-Man movies perfectly. And then Sam Raimi dropped the ball at the third one. Okay. Maybe some of that's the studio. Maybe some of it's just how many ideas he had. But at the end of the day, nobody nailed three straight movies. So John Watts came in and did Homecoming, Far From Home, and No Way Home. So that's just John Watts being an excellent, excellent creator, an excellent director, and someone I think that if I were working in this industry after seeing that movie, I'd want to go work with. Like, he clearly cares about his work. I am typing on the side, so... Listeners, oh, no, if you're okay. typing, that is me. Yeah, I'm. I'm currently hacking into the White House to uh, get access to the new clear codes in case anyone you decides too? to insult the movie. Yeah, wow, that's why I'm having so dude, many issues. Know, I, yeah, dude, I was getting bricked by some other bug running through this system. I, you know, I thought it was the Chinese. No, it's just you. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. I'll let you in. Thanks, buddy. I'll uh, I'll throw you the codes for the uh, East Coast silos. Okay, much appreciated. Thank you. Um, but back on our main topic before the yeah, uh, White the House NSA gets us. Uh... This podcast. Way to earn yourself a couple hundred extra listeners, Billy. <laughs> oh, I guess you're right. I think it's worth it overall, even if I get thrown in prison uh, for attempted White House hacking. Anyway, um, I think that uh, I have a slightly different opinion. Um, granted, I, I, I guess I should just say uh, the original Spider-Man um, 3 Sam Raimi ones it's been a while since I watched them, but I actually like completely unironically like Spider-Man three, the most out of them. 
And I'm not 100% sure why, because like I said, it's been so long since I've seen them. But something about it was just really funny to me and just enjoyable in a way that the other ones weren't so much. Um, and then I, I kind of like more agree with you on the Amazing Spider-Man ones that like the first one was like a lot better than a lot of people say. And I don't think the second one is quite as bad as other people have said online. But then again, it's not like I can't see why people would not like it by any means. Um, and for the Spider-Man Homecoming and Far From Home, I actually wasn't like a huge fan of those. Um, it's just not necessarily something like I, I think that they are very good movies overall. They're just not the type of good movies that I would tend to watch much, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I see the overall quality in it. It's just not. You're just what not I, a fan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I still understand that they are very well enjoyed. It's just I'm not the specific audience person yeah. for that and and that's okay i wasn't uh i wasn't expecting to be necessarily but um but then this movie comes along and and i uh I, it's definitely uh my favorite of well, like i already said that earlier of course so i don't really need to say that again um I feel like it very well integrated all of the other movies, and I kind of find it amusing how now the original Spider-Man is now technically the first Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, just like yeah. by extension of plot. Um, and it just adds in like seven more movies into the overall canon in some fashion. So yeah, I think that five, was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I mean like the Venom ones as oh, well. Oh, yeah, that's right. I for, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, the way they uh, the way they use Tom Hardy. Honestly, like that's how you use that Venom. If it had been like the Topher Grace Venom, I would have said bring him in, make him a villain. But like, if you're gonna use Tom Hardy's Venom, and you're making a third movie, you know the third movie's greenlit. Do what you did with him in this movie. You know, leave a piece of the symbiote in the MCU and go do your thing. Yeah, I I think well, I can I have a little bit of an issue with the scene, but I think we can talk about that way later on because it's it's not a big issue by any means, just a little something. But we're gonna we're gonna get there in a while. Um, should we properly describe the 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 movie stuff uh, scene by scene, just like I'd mentioned earlier? Was there anything general you wanted to say first? Um, not really. It just other to the listeners sit down and enjoy the ride. I'll take the I'll take the uh, first scene if you don't mind the opening in the New York streets oh. and kind of running from the news. That's fine. Okay. So the, so it literally opens with Alex. I'm sorry, not you know Jay Jonah <laughs> Jameson. Um, you know, going on his rant from the end of Far From Home, and uh, he basically is just like his real name is. Peter Parker. And then it cuts to Peter going, what the? And as he's, he's about to drop the coolest F-bomb in MCU history, <laughs> Carl Horn goes off. So we don't get the F-bomb. It gets censored. Oh, man. And then there's this kind of pause where everybody's looking up at him. And he's all like, looking around, kind of shocked. And he sees MJ and people start crowding around MJ because they just saw him with MJ at the end of Far From Home. So he swings down, grabs her, swings out of the crowd. Some dude tries to jump after him and like, <laughs> Face plants. It's I don't see what his um, uh, idea was. Like, what happens after if he was successful? That's just, like, that's just the stunt coordinator getting bored on set during a long day of filming. Just going, he'll throw a body at this. <laughs> 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 that's what happened. He threw a body at, uh, at the uh, problem. So, I found, uh, I found No Way Home to just be enjoyable. In, in the sense that, like, there's those little bits with the stunts where it's like they, they were a little extra with some, like, whether it's the practical or visual effects, they were a little extra. Um, 
So after that, they swing up and they're swinging around and they land. They get up on top of like this, uh, the framework, the the truss of a bridge. And Peter whoops out his phone. He calls Ned. He's like, "Dude!" That's like, "Dude!" Peter's like, "Dude!" That's like, "Dude!" And Peter's like, "Dude!" And then MJ's just like, "Dude!" And he realizes they forgot MJ up there on the truss, kind of left her standing by herself. And he's like, "Oh my god!" And he runs back and grabs her and just starts swinging around. And oh man, this whole scene though peaks when he runs into this apartment in the middle of into the, their apartment in Queens in the middle of Happy and Marissa Tomei's breakup. Uh, Ma in the, in the middle of like their sort of breakup. And he's like running around. He's taking off his suit, running around his shirt and his boxers. He's pulling down window curtains, trying to hide all the news helicopters, trailing them around the apartment from each other. And he's just like, I want to sit down and talk about your guys' relationship. And then they turn on the news because there's a TV right behind them. And yeah, it just, it's, it's, it's one of those scenes where like, you know, it's, it's an exaggerated version of you got in trouble at school and you don't want your parents to find out. And, and then a news helicopter goes outside and is a little hard to ignore. <laughs> yeah. So, um, just an all-around great establishing scene. Has that light tempo we've come to expect from Spider-Man movies. And now, I mean, obviously, that, 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 uh, that look, um, that sort of feel, that lightheartedness doesn't you know, last all the way through. So, um, Enjoy it while you can, because you get to the you get to the, like the you know end of the second third of the movie, and you just want to die. So, but anyways, that caps my recap of the first scene. And honestly, it's it's, it's again, it's just the John Watts Spider Man. It's great cinematography, great humor, lighting, the the effects, you know, the CG Spider Man swinging through the streets, the practical stuff that they did. It's all excellent there. So, yeah. Okay, I think that's a pretty good recap overall there. I, I don't think I really had any real problems with those scenes. I mean, they were just pretty much establishing for just getting to where everyone knows that he is he is the person. So I don't I, I don't have a lot to comment on, though, admittedly. Like, I just don't have any problems with it, but I just don't really have much to go off of just because it's just pretty pretty standard scene I would kind of expect from that. So... Um, I, I wish I had a little bit more to talk about there, but I really just don't have that much of this specific scene. Um, do you want me to say about the whole next part? Um, yeah, go for it. Just go, go hog wild. We got okay, so, only 15 minutes in. Go, go nuts. We've got time. Okay, so I don't remember the exact order, but so he goes to the high school and then there's like so many different like people all around him just because, well, it's a popular thing and they're expecting him to be there. So like news people show up, all the school kids are just like, yo, what up? He's the guy. And they just like all are completely silent and they just have their phones out, which I'm sure that wouldn't really happen. I'm sure they'd just start running up to him like a mob, not necessarily even in anger, just like asking him questions, but no, they're all just kind of silent. And the, I guess the three like, people from the past movies like the teachers or whatever they were just like have this mural built for him or mural I, I pronounce it a little bit weirdly but like not even all of them agree on whether or not he's even a hero so like one of them is like really upset about the fact that he's made like into a positive figure he's like we know you did spider-man <laughs> but then he just moves on after that and then um the three main people get arrested and uh, Ned just like very casually and accidentally discusses his involvement with him and then wants his uh, words stricken from the record, which I, I'm pretty sure that's not exactly how that works. Um, 
but then of course the main the main lawyer matt murdoch shows up and he's like so i got the charges against you dropped but uh people are still going to be upset you it's going to be a problem live with it yo Uh, i I changed a few words around but that's the general idea and then but then someone just like throws a brick at him. But then before Spider-Man can even catch the blind lawyer catches it, but he doesn't even know how it happens. But it just because he's a really good lawyer, he catches things that he can't even see. Um, and if I was this... a good lawyer, I'd, I'd be able to catch things too, like you know, charges, <laughs> prosecution. Yeah, for sure. I if I were a lawyer, I just I, I just let it hit him just to see what happens, <laughs> and then I get a new case. I get a new case against the guy who threw it, then I then I get even more money from it. Yeah, you uh, make a maybe. case against them for a bad throw. Yeah, that's right. Then I get I get a few more dollars out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, I do have a little bit more to talk about here. Um, I do. Okay, so I, I haven't seen Daredevil, so I wasn't like as excited compared I to other hyped. people. You probably heard me go, "Oh shit." I didn't hear that. I mean, I heard it right now, but I didn't hear it uh, in the theater. I just heard, like, I think this was in the specific theater that we were at. I think that was one of the few times where, like, the audience was, like, actually, like, vis- or, like, audibly reacting to it. There's, like, this ooh sound from it. And I was saying, like, it's the guy to the person who was next to me. And then I told him, that, I, I don't know who he is, um, who I sat next to, but I just told him that I hadn't even watched the show. So, like I was saying, I haven't, I'm not, like, as excited about his entrance. I still think it's cool that he was there, don't get me wrong. It's just I specifically um, wasn't, like, like, if he wasn't in the movie, I wouldn't have been, like, super upset about it. But I still think it would have been cool to see him there. And even then, he only just kind of shows up for the one scene. He's not really relevant for anything else after there. It's just presumably to, like lead into something else later i'm guessing great fan service i mean um i got really high i knew daredevil was going to be in no way home the moment that they teased kingpin and hawkeye yeah i haven't i haven't seen hawkeye so like like, i'm familiar with the i would i would argue hawkeye is like the second best disney plus series right after loki right now it's really good i i highly recommend hawkeye um Loki just does a lot for the MCU. It kind of it moves the pieces forward. That's really all Loki has going for it, is it moves the pieces. Everything else is kind of running in place. Hawkeye is sort of a run in place. There's no real consequences for the overarching story. But it's just a fun little side romp. You don't really have to know a lot about what's going on anywhere else. Um, you just you watch it. I mean, it's, it's great. So... Yeah, one the, the introduction of Matt Murdock into the MCU makes every it was it was such a good moment. That if, if that was just fan service, that is how you do it. Yeah, I do think it was cool overall. Um, just like from a person who hasn't seen the series, I thought that it was cool. But I also think that they kind of just waived the issue of like the whole legal trouble from the whole Mysterio involvement just kind of away really quickly. I feel like they could have done a little bit more to that resolution because after that it's not like a problem anymore there aren't like like i besides j jones jameson besides him there aren't like a lot of people really against spider-man that aren't just the villains of the story so it just kind of feels that that plot line was dropped pretty quickly and i wish they would have like done a little bit more with that but that's just one like the only real complaints i have about the the movie was just that um but otherwise i thought that it was a really good addition and i'm assuming he's going to be in more 
Marvel stuff going forward, I'm I'm assuming. It'd be kind of weird for him to just not do at this point. Eh. That's all I'm going to say. Eh. Uh, to my to my opinion on that, or to him being in things later, just just him being in things later. Like I don't. Oh, okay. I'm not. Yeah, no, your your opinion is your opinion is perfectly fine on that. It's just a matter of I just I don't think it's going to be. If it is cool, I don't think it's a necessity. Right. I just I you know what what they've done what they did with this movie. They don't need to have Daredevil around. It's just cool that it's cool that they brought him in because Charlie Cox was the greatest Daredevil. So, yeah. Go watch okay. Daredevil. <laughs> uh, maybe one of these days. Uh, I'm, I'm too busy playing Spider-Man Miles Morales in my spare time to uh, focus on it, unfortunately. Heard nothing but good things about that game. Shame I'm an Xbox player. <laughs> yeah, honestly, well, I don't want to go too much into it because that's not what we're primarily talking about, but I think it is pretty good so far. I've only played a few hours of it. There's this kind of, I think it's a weird glitch where it's just giving me, like, positive things in the game where like there are these certain objectives you can meet uh for like these tokens by fighting people and they just give me like the objectives as them being cleared before i even start the battle it's just kind of weird i don't know if that's just a glitch for me or something and i kind of got soft locked at one part where i was supposed to go do some sort of thing for a little like story thing but it just kind of kept me in place and i couldn't move out of the way so I don't know what that's all about, but besides that, I, th- I think it's pretty good so far, but I, I can't really give a full opinion since I'm only a few hours in. Um, anyway, back to the uh, to the movie. Do you want to talk about the later portion after this little detail? Yeah. So after that, um, this, uh, this, you know, Ned, Peter, MJ, they're, uh, they're hanging around and they all sent in their uh, application letters for MIT. So what's happening now is they... Uh, they're basically just trying to, you know, get in. They sent out their letters and they're waiting to get them back. And so there's this neat little montage of them waiting for the letters, waiting for the letters, waiting for the letters. They finally get they finally get the letters. They all go meet at MJ's workplace. They open their letters. They all got rejected on accounts of Peter Parker being Spider-Man. The controversy around Mysterio. MIT looks at all this and goes, we want no part of that. You can't attend our school. And Peter, being the good guy he is, he doesn't really care about him being rejected, but he, he gets very upset at the fact that MJ Ned got rejected because of him. So he goes to track down the, uh, I think it was oh, the dean um, or one of the heads of recruiting. Oh, um, there, there's one thing I want to mention first before we go on. This was a thing that I had noticed online that someone pointed out. Um, Flash Thompson tries to like make this, well, I mean, he does make this book about him being Peter's best friend, which is obviously false, but it's kind of weird how he got accepted into the school, whereas the others didn't, despite the fact that he had a book allegedly being about his best friend. That was kind of a weird thing. I'm yeah. not sure if that was just an oversight, but I don't know. That was that was just another. I think that little gag was just meant to get them from getting rejected to um, to helping Peter find the dean. Because after that, it served no purpose. So I think it was just like a little micro subplot, a little character arc to give them a um, reason to go be on the highway for the arrival of Alfred Molina as Doc Ock. Right, but before that happens, the how did he even get there? Well, that's because he contacted Doctor Doctor Weird Guy, Doctor Strange, about it. Doctor Strange. 
yeah, yeah. And, and of course wong the greatest character in uh marvel history unfortunately he's only in there for a minute yeah wong right now is everything that the mcu desires and then some he is he is just excellent so um yeah, anyways, they, they go to track down this Dean and he and he finds her on the bridge. He swings up a Spider-Man, like trans you know, exits the uh Iron Spider suit, because everybody knows he's Spider-Man, so he's just walking around now. And he knocks on her window. She rolls it down and she's like, You know you're in the middle of the highway, right? He's like, Yes, ma'am. But and he tries starts to tell her what's going on. His spider sense goes off. There's an explosion. He gets on top of the car, turns on the suit, and then you see the fir- the, the freeway collapses, and then you see the shot from the trailer. Tanked him. Tentacle, tentacle, through the smoke. Hello, Peter. <laughs> and it is an amazing. It, it was amazing. You like it was amazing when I saw the trailer. It was more amazing when it happened. They fight. Cars get thrown around. He has to save the dean, which wins her respect and gets his friends in the MIT and him. Um, but the important thing that happens is Doc Ock gets get you know gets the better of him, has him pinned, and then he realizes, a that's not Peter. B, uh, when he tries to stab Peter, his uh, spikes retract. Well, the reason the spike retracts is because earlier in the fight, the nanites from Peter's suit, the Iron Spider suit, had gone on Doc Ock's tentacles. So now Peter, through his wrist piece, had control of the tentacles. So he just kind of wraps up Doc Ock and makes Doc Ock lift him up and then pin himself against the guardrail. It's kind of a weird ending to the fight. But um, it's it's not you know the overall ending to the scene because... Spider-Sense goes off again. He looks. A couple goblin bombs ran on the ground. And then through the smoke comes Green Goblin. But as things start to blow up, him and Doc Ock are whisked into the into Doctor Strange's lair. And I know we did, I know I skipped over the whole scene with like the, the multiverse and the, the whole Kabang spell make everybody, but everybody literally saw that in the trailer. And if you haven't seen the trailer and you haven't seen the movie, go watch it. It's okay if we leave out details. We want you to go see this movie. Um, gets whisked into Doctor Strange's dungeon and Doc Ock gets put in a cell and starts explaining him what the heck is going on and, and in another cell is the lizard and then he kind of hooks up Peter with this cool magic gadget that basically says hey, go out, hit him once with the web, move on to the next one and Peter's like, okay, I'm going to do that so Basically, to sum up everything that's happened, because I've kind of rambled my way through it. Right. Peter's met Doc Ock. He's met Green Goblin. He's fought and beaten Doc Ock using technology, not skill. Doctor Strange saved him from Green Goblin, imprisoned Doc Ock, and has given Peter a piece of equipment that is capable of defeating these multiversal trespassers in one shot. Okay. Essentially. And so with that, Peter... Flip turning his suit inside out because he got slimed in his normal suit earlier. He has to turn it inside out, so it's this black and gold suit. The wires are showing. Um, he tapes the phone to the chest so MJ and Ned can watch like over Zoom or Skype. I don't know how he got like, get such good reception. It must have been like Facebook or Anchor or Spotify. <laughs> um, sponsor us. Um, <laughs> proceeds to... Uh, he goes into the woods, swinging on these power lines, which ought, which is a huge illusion to who he fights next. I mean, once you see the power lines, you know. Um, he swings in. At night, he's swinging around. 
and then he starts like, his spider sense kind of goes off. And you see some stuff, some dirt, some sand move in the background. I wonder who that is. I wonder who that is. Yeah, you know, never, never. I can't fill in with sand. It's kind of lame. Um, and like as it cuts like forward facing Peter as it's panning around, you start seeing lines out of focus behind them start electrifying. And then you start to see a silhouette form, a man out of electricity. And sure enough, Jamie Fox's Electro. And he's not blue. Manifests. I mean, his silhouette, like, kind of is blue, like, once he first shows up. But then after that, he's not blue anymore. Yeah. It, it's, um, it's, like, a pretty small detail. But I think it's kind of cool how they had that, like, just for, like, a couple seconds and then kind of transitioned out of it. Yeah. It's a it's a great little detail because like it shows like okay we're getting we're getting past this uh, we're you know, we're we're leaving that behind and Electro mentions later in the movie I'm gonna kind of mention this point now because they do it sort of is kind of used as an explanation to explain why he uh, basically just says the energy here is different you know something is different about whatever electricity he got a hold of so now he's no longer blue his form is I guess more stable is I guess what they were going for right. Um, let's see. Um, I hmm? you you go you go. Okay, so I do want to give my opinion on a couple little details of the of all the things you just mentioned there. So uh, back at the uh, back of the bridge scene from earlier, um, I didn't have any real problems with uh, the whole Doc Ock fight, of course, since I thought that was just overall really cool to see. Um, once the goblin appeared, I was like, I wasn't disappointed at this specific moment. It was more something later on, I guess. I kind of wish that they would have used his original suit more, just because I thought that that was actually a really good suit design. And like he gets rid of it in a later scene um, because he's like talking to it like he did in the original movie. And then he like destroys like the suit for the most part, but then he gets this like new suit. That's more comic reminiscent, but I kind of liked the suit design. I wish they would have kept it more. And it's just a little thing that isn't really a major thing. It's, it's a pretty just visual thing that I wish they would have kept longer Um, instead of just like two scenes and one of them being like a fully CGI one. So it's just, it's just something I would have hoped for, but I understand they didn't really keep it along to like, like you said, try to like move past that. Um, I guess technically Doc Ock never really changed any design and like neither did Sandman or Lizard, but uh, that's okay. Um, then with the whole um, the Electro Sandman thing, I thought it was kind of cool just to like introduce them as like the last villains, just kind of pretty quickly, so you can get like like so they don't introduce them like too late into the movie. Um, and plus, Sandman isn't even one of like the major villains. Like I guess him and the Lizard are like more minor villains that you technically could yeah. have kept them out of the movie, and it wouldn't it would have made a difference, but it wasn't going to make a huge difference to the plot. Um, I actually wish they would, like, I understand how they didn't because the movie's already pretty long. I wish they would have done a little bit more with those two characters. Like, I understand that the actors themselves weren't really there physically. They were just doing the lines um, remotely. But I wish they could have done a little bit more with them just because it would have been cool to get some more detail on them. Um, Because, like, for the scene later on where, like, some of them are like being helped later like the lizard is just in a truck he's not even like yeah. in the same area like they just didn't know what to do with him really so what, a, I what are they, they gonna do 
hook everybody else in, just all walk downstairs, open the truck, and stick them with a needle. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I suppose that would make it a much shorter movie, but uh, I don't know. It's just something I felt like they could have done a little bit better. I guess that was the only, like, the only other real complaint I had was just those two villains specifically not having as much to do in the plot. Um, I guess Sandman... Lizard's CGI, his facial capture, was really spotty the first, like, two or three scenes he's in. When he's in the cell, the capture, like, around his mouth, like, it's it's not, like, I get, like, in the, in, like, but, like, in 2012, it moved, like, properly. Like, the motion cap was good, even if the effects themselves haven't aged well. It just, it didn't, you know, it didn't seem as clunky, but, like, if you look at his facial capture in those scenes, it's like... What's going on here? Why does this face look like made it look like it's kind of made out of paper mache? You know. Yeah, I guess they just had a lot of CGI in the movie already, so it would kind of make sense to have um, the other characters that were like completely CGI just not show up as much as to save a little bit of money. Not that the movie didn't already make money; it's like a one point seven four billion dollars already. Yeah. So, <laughs> but but I understand like they have to do like some cuts to it, so it, it it makes sense to a certain extent. But it's just the only other real complaint I had that like I feel like would have made it better if they were fleshed out a little bit more. Um, but besides that, I thought that it was pretty good overall. Um, and plus, Electro, I feel like is a better villain. Um, I, I feel like is it safe to say that at least the main three villains are all better than their initial appearances, or is that not fair to say? I liked. Here's the thing about Doc Ock: is he shows up, he's a villain, gets beaten in a fight, sits in a cell, gets turned good. Helps try to turn uh, Osborne good, and then just kind of leaves after the as right. the apartment fight's going on, and then he kind of shows up at the end again. But like, it's kind of hard to call him call it, like I, it's Alfred Molina. I'm not going to knock a single Alfred Molina performance. I wouldn't say his performance in this movie was better than his Spider-Man Two performance. It was different. Norman Osborn, but Willem Dafoe, yeah, no, he he knocked it out of the park this time. He was he was a step up. He was on a different level than everybody else in this movie. And yeah, then... I feel like I feel like it's pretty easy to say that he's probably the best like villain. I, I guess Doc Ock technically isn't a villain like halfway through, um, so he he doesn't entirely count as a villain towards the end. So I feel like mm-hmm. it's best to say that he is the best villain of the movie. Electro was improved. Sandman was CG most of the movie. Um, yeah, but Thomas Hayden Church did do the voice work and his voice performance, and what they did with Sandman in general was still excellent. Just, not, I mean, not as much screen time for sure as he got in uh, Spider-Man Three. Electro was a, was a huge improvement. This Electro was leaps and bounds better than what we got in 2014. I will say, Lizard was a step backwards. Yeah, I feel like that's pretty understandable to say. L- the Lizard suffered greatly for. Uh, he, he suffered greatly in this movie. And it's mainly because he just got overshadowed by, uh, you know, all these other really strong performances. But, like, could you imagine if they'd actually tried to add Venom in as a villain on top of that? How much <laughs> Lizard would have suffered? How much he would have been just a cast aside? Yeah, I don't feel like it would have done, like, very well. So I understand why they didn't have Venom as, like, one of the main villains. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... I think with the lizard, like, he just doesn't have as much to do. Like, it's kind of weird how, like, Doc Ock and uh, Green Goblin are technically just, like, 
people. Like, I guess Green Goblin is a stronger person due to his serum, um, but, like, they're both much more effectful, like, or, or I'm sorry, effective um, than someone who is, like, literally, like, part lizard and is much stronger physically. Um, I feel like they could have done more than with him, and... Yeah, I, I do think he is a bit of a step down just because all of the other ones just kind of overshadow him. Even Sandman, who at least has, like, a reason to, like, want to go back besides, like, not being dead. It's, it's yeah. not even kind of, it's not even really clear how exactly Sandman or the Lizard would have died. Because it's said that all of the villains died. But at the end of Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man 3, they didn't die. So it's not really as clear as to what happened there. Yeah. I think, uh... After um, after the introduction and departure of Doc Hawk, I think for the most part the villain mantle kind of falls on a. I mean, you obviously think about the Green Goblin because he just went and wrecked Peter and killed Aunt May, but the villa, the top villain mantle, at least in the final fight, went just Sandman, Lizard, and Electro. Electro is shown to be the the guy. I mean, he's whooping through right. Spider Man at once. I mean, that's no easy feat. Um. So yeah, I think I think the movie, as much as it does its villains justice, which is a rarity in the MCU, there's still a tad bit of difficulty balancing them all. But yeah. ultimately, the only one who suffers is uh, the Lizard. Yeah, I would say Sandman does a little bit too, but not as much by comparison. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So after the, uh, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna kind of get us back on track here because we're ticking right. towards the 40 minute mark. Uh, <laughs> After the um, the uh, the whole forced fight where Electro and Sandman meet and you know they're battling each other because Flint recognizes Spider-Man from his universe and Spider-Man you know forgave him so he's going to help Spider-Man here. Uh, Sandman helps Peter take down Electro, which is a cool moment. Sandman teaming up with Spider-Man is I mean happens a lot in the comics, but I mean it's nice to see it on screen. Um, they take him down. They uh, Peter with um, teleports uh, Electro back to the prison, kind of freaks out Sandman doing it, because Sandman thinks he killed Peter killed him, and so Peter just does it to Sandman. Well, he tries to. Sandman misses a tree. He Sandman kind of phases around it. Peter hits a tree, teleports a tree in there, so tree is the final member of the Sinister Six. Uh, oh, no, um, it was actually he tries to shoot Electro first before he forms physically, and that's how he gets the tree over. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah same so, idea, um, just a little bit yeah. different order. Yeah. And then he so then he shoots Sandman, and so Sandman goes in. So you have your Sinister Six for this movie: are Tree, Green Goblin, <laughs> Doc Ock, Sandman, and Electro, and the Lizard. Okay, it's a pretty. I feel like the actor six. for the Tree was just overall. I, I feel method, like he's going to be the new. Absolutely, I, I really hope he really appears later on. Um, I don't know if they're going to get his uh, Oak appearance from the comics, but I, I hope so. No, I think he'll get his Birch armor from uh, from Tree issue uh, one hundred and forty-seven. <laughs> Okay, and, fair and enough. That, I, that armor was pretty cool. I, I you know, so, I can accept so, that much. So they all go back and they're all in these uh, containment cells, these basically prison cells. Spider-Man goes back and he's kind of, I mean, they're just kind of all standing around and all the villains get to talking. And they start to connect the dots, like, you know, da-da-da-da-da. But as they're doing this, Peter Parker goes to feast his aunt's charity where Norman Osborn, who's snapped out of the Goblin persona for right now, has shown up looking like a ragged old old man, uh, and Aunt May convinces Peter to help him. 
I mean, this sets this this conversation. The, the Peter's journey doesn't start until this conversation. The whole movie is just him reacting, reacting, reacting. He doesn't start doing until this conversation. Emma tells him that we help people, and Peter gets uh, Norman knows Norman's the Green Goblin because he can see the armor underneath the raggedy clothes. Takes him back to the thing, right? Doesn't put him in a cell because he's Norman Osborn. He's not Green Goblin right now, and. Uh, they, they all get the talking again, though, because Doc Ock sees Norman. They start connecting the, that they're all from, you know, same or somewhat different universes. They all figure out that they pretty much all died fighting Spider-Man, except for Sandman. Pretty much Sandman's like, Sandman is like the only one who didn't die fighting Spider-Man. It's not exactly clear if Electro died in Amazing Spider-Man 2. And I can't quite remember if the Lizard died in Sp- Amazing Spider-Man 1. I no, he didn't like- die. He just, he got arrested and he turned back to human, but he didn't die. Yeah, he he was sitting in a prison cell. So, but um, basically, they all they all get talking. They all figure out they died, and Doctor Strange shows up with the spell from earlier contained in a box, and he's gonna push the kill switch on the box, which basically terminates the spell, sends all those villains back to their timelines, where Peter now knows that they are basically going to die. And the moral compass of Peter Parker is, I can't let them die, even if they're bad guys. He resolves to cure them. So what does Peter do? He webs the box. Makes a run for the outside. Doctor Strange chases him, and we get one of the most, one of the biggest hero fight upsets ever. Peter beats Doctor Strange in the mirror dimension using mathematics. After a scene that I can't, a lot happens. Like visually, it's a very impressive scene, and I'm not going to try and describe it. I, I want people who haven't seen the movie to be surprised by it. It's a great scene. Peter wins the fight. He goes back, lets all the villains out, takes them back to Happy Hogan's apartment because he can't stay at his current apartment. Paparazzi knows he lives there. And he uses a Stark fabricator hidden in the back of Happy's apartment to start manufacturing tools to cure all of the uh, all the villains. And he starts with Doc Ock, gets everything together, fixes the, the fried chip on the back of Doc Ock's neck, and Doc Ock regains control over the arms. They no longer control him, he controls them. He resolves to help Peter. They start working on curing Norman and Electro. Uh, he hooks up Electro with a device that starts slowly draining the excess electricity, the excess energy that gives him his power from his body. And then they are working on a serum to cure the goblin persona from Norman Osborn. Um, as they're working, Peter's spider sense goes off again. And this is an amazing scene. He's sitting there in the back working. His sense goes off. He leaves the room and the camera's like following, like trailing backwards, eyes on his face as he walks out into this room and it's all one shot. And it starts slowly backing up as like it shows him standing in this room, in this apartment, his aunt behind him, surrounded by his greatest movie villains. And the audio is silent. The spider sense is going off. And finally, he closes his eyes, listens to the sense. It shoots a web at Norman Osborn, webs his hand right to a telescope. And that's when you guys that Norman never regained control. Green Goblin has been in control the whole time. And he has been producing a dummy serum to get close enough to harm Peter. This is where shit hits the fan. I am actually, um, but before we go to that part, I was actually kind of curious on something. Um, I feel maybe I just didn't remember it clearly enough but i'm pretty sure that 
he hasn't like the goblin um like mindset hasn't been like a fully controlled thing because his um i guess the spider sense never went off earlier like when he was at the at the feast building and it didn't go off earlier when he was doing the um what when they first got to the apartment so i'm pretty sure that it was like once the goblin part had started to be in control that's when the spider sense happened i i could be wrong on that but i I feel like is that what happened? I I, I can't remember. I feel, that that could be correct. I just I feel like that I feel like Norman Osborn was never in control because that makes the scene at the end of the movie where he actually gets cured that much more impactful. Um. So he gets cured. Well, he doesn't get cured. Rewind back to the apartment. <laughs> Basically, things go wrong quick. Okay. Um. Peter starts fighting a couple of his villains. Doc Ock gets tossed out a window, catches the side of the building, just says, I'm out, leaves, hops <laughs> over a couple buildings. Um, Lizard starts climbing on the outside of the building, stalking Peter, but not exactly fighting him yet. Peter starts slugging it out with, with Norman Osborn while Electro and Sandman flee the building. Okay. One of the best fight scenes in the MCU. Okay. Goblin and Spider-Man just fighting through floors of the building to the ground floor. Peter gets kicked out a window, hanging on to the side of a building for a moment, trying to catch his breath. Lizard shows up, grabs him, beats him up, throws him back in the building. Goblin goes back at him. They fall all the way to the lobby. Ant May comes down, stabs him with the cure. The cure was a dud. And I think that's where my theory comes from: is that he ne- he was never not in control, is because the cure was a dud. He would never give them the keys to end his own life. So he turns around, knocks May down, calls his goblin glider, hops on it. Um just beats the shit out of Peter, throws a goblin bomb, uh, blows up. Peter manages to keep it from killing May. Goblin leaves. May got hurt in the fight. She's bleeding from her side. Um, doesn't tell Peter at first. At first, I mean, at first, like, I thought she was genuinely okay. All right. Like, they're standing there. It seems like they're okay. Then she just falls over. And she's told him the great power, great responsibility thing, like, a few sentences earlier. Then she dies. Police show up. They see Spider-Man. They think Spider-Man's a criminal. He doesn't surrender right away because he's trying to get help for his aunt. They start shooting at him. Peter flees the scene. And, Billy, I'm going to turn it over to you for the rest of the movie because I feel like I've described more of it than you. Uh, that's all right. Um, I, I guess before we um, b- before we go to that, I just can give my opinion on this little part that you mentioned. Um, I personally thought that it was like the whole fight scene was also really cool. I admittedly don't remember as much as the fight scene as you do. So I don't have a lot to say about the specifics because I I just don't remember them very clearly. Um, I guess the whole Aunt May death scene didn't like I, I thought that it was a really like sad scene, of course. I personally was already a little bit more used to that because uh, spoiler alert, um, in Spider-Man PlayStation 4 game, um, she also dies at the end of that. Like, the circumstances are, like, quite a bit different, of course. But it's still the same, like, idea that I was already more used to since I played that a while before watching the movie. So it was not necessarily, like, super fresh in my mind, but I was, like, kind of expecting it a little bit more because I figure, well, I guess the major... Um, release of Spider-Man like this can kill her. I guess that's possible for this movie too. And I just was expecting it a little bit more. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean the scene is worse by any means. Oh no, it was, uh, it was a fantastic scene. Right. 
yeah, it was just something I was expecting a bit because of that being in the end of the in the game by comparison. Um, let's see. Later on, well, Ned and MJ are worried about Peter because they heard that there's a casualty at the building, but they're not sure who it is at the exact moment. And then Ned's like, yo, I got this thing from Dr. Weird Guy. I'm going to go put it on and see if I can open up a portal to find Peter Parker. And then so he's like, open up uh, to Peter Parker. And then he opens up to Peter Parker. And then he jumps in. But it's not the same Peter Parker that they've been with. It's the Andrew Garfield one from The Amazing Spider-Man. And he's like, stop throwing bread at me. I'm Spider-Man. Well, not, not those exact words, but like something to that degree. And then they're like, oh, okay, well, this is not you. Or, I mean, it, it's it's you, but it's not the one we're looking for. Let's try to find another Peter Parker. And he's like, find Peter Parker. And it, it goes to another Peter Parker. But this is the Tobey Maguire original Spider-Man trilogy, Spider-Man. And then they're like, oh, it's another Spider-Man. Then they start shooting web shooters at each other. And then they're like, yo, we should go find Peter or something like that. I don't, I don't remember exactly what he says. And then they find Peter. And, and he's obviously sad because Aunt May died like a few minutes prior. And then the other, the, the people show up and then the Spider-Men are like, yo, we've had some bad stuff. Gwen Stacy, uh, I, I cracked her back and her head broke a little bit earlier. I'm kind of sad about that. I started beating other people up. And then the other Spider-Man's like, yo, I made things work with MJ. Uh, she's not dead like Gwen Stacy, but she's alive. <laughs> Loser. Uh, okay, he, he doesn't say any of that part. I, I, I fabricated that little detail. Um, anyway... Uh, they're like, well, she couldn't have died for nothing, I hope. And then he's like, well, she said, like, with great power. And then he's like, with great responsibility. That's what my Uncle Ben said. And I don't know where Uncle... Like, I'm assuming Uncle Ben has already, like, been dead for a while. I'm guessing that... Okay, okay there's that Disney Plus, like, Spider-Man freshman year series that's supposed to be starting later this year. I'm guessing that the spider bite and the Uncle Ben death is going to be there. Um, I guess it's a little bit off topic, but do you think that's going to be the case? It's t it's almost a kid series, from what I've seen. So I don't think they'll go too crazy into it. I think Uncle, I think I don't know how they're going to do that because that series looks a little lighthearted to be dealing with death as the subject matter. Yeah, I well, feel I feel like, like the only hmm? I feel like he's already going to have it, and then the origin story of him getting bit will just be shown through the flashback, and th and they'll talk about Uncle Ben being gone. But I don't think they'll specifically. I don't think they'll eyeball it. Okay, well, I could be wrong. It's it just speculation I had for that. Oh, I, I could be totally wrong, um, but it just—it just something that I was uh, that I was thinking of. <laughs> um, oh, hold on a minute. I'm done hacking the White House. Uh, turns out they actually have a plot synopsis, so I'm right. Um, <laughs> take that, Disney Plus haters. I was correct about the plot. Well, I, I might have made that up too, but. Uh, uh, it, that, that's okay um but any, anyway back to the movie um then all three of the peter parkers are like coming up with ideas of cures for the other people that haven't been uh saved which are well i, I guess that technically they already had it for electro it just he just took it off before it was done so um they have that as an idea to help him already but they still have to make something for the green goblin for real and then for Sandman and uh, and the Lizard. So they start making the, the cures for them. And then they have some other discussions about various other things. Like, uh, like the Green Goblin in 
in the original universe. Uh, I don't think they ever mentioned the Green Goblin from the Amazing Spider-Man Two, if I remember correctly. But they mentioned oh, they the okay, Dane they, DeHaan they... gets the uh, he he gets the short end of the stick. He doesn't get mentioned. We don't talk about him. That yeah, movie, it, that, kinda... movie, that movie ends after Gwen Stacy dies. There's like, and then, oh, how does she die? You ask. Oh, Electro blows up the clock tower. Okay. It's not Goblin, it's Electro. We don't talk about Green Goblin and Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> yeah, I feel like even like even Venom from the Spider-Man 3 was like mentioned, even though he doesn't actually appear. So, I don't know, I just find it weird how they didn't mention... I mean, Topher Grace's Venom is better than Amazing Spider-Man 2's Green Goblin by like a mile. It's not even <laughs> close. The worst Raimi villain is miles ahead of the worst web villain. Yeah, I feel like that's pretty fair to say, honestly. Yeah. Um, let's see. Where was I in the explanation? They were they, they were coming up with cures of the whole... Um... City of the Lab, how their explanations, their discussions about how Harry Osborn became Hobgoblin, or the new goblin in uh, Spider-Man 3 and died, and Ned, like, solemnly looks at Peter and just goes, <laughs> I will never turn on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just kind of, like, silently rolls his chair away once he hears that, because he just doesn't want to ask any more questions that might end up being sad. Uh, let's see. Um, is there a scene in between that and then going to the Statue of Liberty, or is that the only scene before that? Um, when they're in the when they're in the lab, I believe there's a scene where Peter of MCU verse Tom Holland. Let's call them Tom, Toby, and Andrew. Because now, right. now we're talking about three Spider Men. We're gonna have to juggle that. Um, yeah. Tom calls J. Jonah Jameson on a live interview and like drops a bunch of hints that he has the cube that controls the fates of the villains, and he's at the Statue of Liberty. They're gonna draw them in and try to cure them before they send them back. Um. So he makes that call. All the villains know. All the Spider-Men go to the Statue of Liberty, and they have this amazing conversation about like all the differences between them, and so on and so forth. And honestly, it's just it's so wholesome that whole scene. Okay, I, I do remember that now that you mentioned. I kind of forgot the detail. Actually, one thing that I did forget too that I wanted to mention was like a really cool scene for me was before um, the. Spider-Men all initially meet after the Aunt May death was where um, the the Tom Spider-Man is just looking at a like a large billboard with a oh, the, the Daily that. Bugle scene where he's just being told that like Spider-Man like all the people close to him are dying like whether it's his fault or not uh, and I feel like that kind of influences decision later on in the movie I thought that was just a really cool scene where J. Jonah Jameson was not just actively angry um which he isn't like pretty much every other scene cinematically and visually that's also a very impressive scene it just looks good it's so well shot and again john watts don't talk about him enough the guy's a the guy's a powerhouse yeah i think he is also directing the fantastic four movie later on whenever that comes out i think next year or something like that so i hope so i hope so john watts I love that guy. I'll go see any movie he makes. I will consider it, but I, I don't know much about his movie making, um, directing besides, well, these four, I suppose, assuming I'm correct in the Fantastic Four part. Um, uh, but anyway, there's uh, the, the, the whole lab curing thing, serum or whatever they end up making. And then they get to the Statue of Liberty and then they just start talking like you'd said. 
and then there's like yo uh toby how do your web shooters work like without a web shooter device and uh they talk about a few other things uh Andrew uh, cracks uh, Toby's back like he did with Gwen Stacy at the end of uh, Spider-Man 2, except less lethal this time, thankfully. So then that happens. They all they all meet up and then all the villains just kind of know where they are, I suppose. And then they uh, they try fighting them. And then it just doesn't work at all because uh, the previous two Spider-Man don't really know how to work as a team because they didn't really work with other Sony people. didn't have the rights to other heroes. You can say it. <laughs> right. Deadpool yeah. will be here soon. It's okay to break the fourth wall. <laughs> oh, yeah. We've been, we, we, would, we would do a lot of fourth wall breaking on this podcast. Well, not even the specific one, just in general. I think we're the Marvel Cinematic Universe of podcasts, now that I think about it. I hope not, because <laughs> if, if we're the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I don't know. What, I don't want to know what the bigger podcasts are. <laughs> I don't either, but uh, we'll speculate on that later. Um, let's see. They they do their whole fighting. It doesn't work out. And then uh, Tom was like, "Yo, I'm in I'm in the Avengers." And then the other two don't know what the Avengers are. So then they're like, "I can coordinate you. Um, you're all Peter one, two, and three. Let's move and like have them not be fighting us and winning." And they all do their scene where they all like swing up on top and then the villains all appear one shot and then they start fighting each other and they start curing each other and let's see i i'm trying to remember the exact order i think it's it sandman sandman, it's sandman lizard elect no it's sandman i think electro gets cured just a few moments no 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 no, no. electro gets cured last because doc ock saves us shows up and saves the ending. uh yeah but it's like it's like not very long like Sandman gets cured, then it's about a minute or two, maybe three, before Lizard gets cured, and then right after that, Electro gets cured. Okay, I couldn't remember the exact order. I thought, I, I, I knew be... it was Sandman first. Yeah, it's Sandman first. Maybe Lizard got cured last? I don't know. I feel we'll like just... Lizard was cured last. No. I don't know. You might be right. I, I honestly don't remember. I, um, I, I, I thought don't that... either. That, that's a very uh... precise detail. And there was a specific moment that I thought was really cool that um, other people might not know is in order to get the human like appearances of the other characters um, for, for her span Sandman and Lizard specifically uh, they had used the previous scenes from Spider-Man 3 and the Amazing Spider-Man uh, to like do that last scene but they reused the footage of it they kind of like reverse Sandman's footage of him becoming human instead of becoming sand um, but for the lizard, instead what happens was it was using the ending scene where he was being cured, but they used a different shot than they did in the final movie, so it does look a little bit different. I thought yeah. that was kind of cool how they and used that. they credited that. the actors. They gave the actors right. credits for it. Yeah, I think that's uh, very fair to do, even though it's an alternate take of something they ended up doing like a decade or so ago. So I still thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And then um, they have the the moment, like, I guess they're just kind of gone from the movie after their cure scenes. They just kind of hang out. Yeah, Electro gets his, um, uh, he talks with uh, the Andrew Spider-Man, kind of assumes that uh, that Spider-Man would be black. And then that references Miles Morales, even though he hasn't appeared in Soon. the series Soon. so far. Soon. Uh, I hope so, but uh, but we'll see what happens in the next Spider-Man-related movie. 
um let's see there's that and then and then doc ock starts talking with Doctor uh, strange comes back yeah oh yeah yeah i forgot he was stuck it for like 12 hours in the uh mirror dimension grand canyon grand, area yeah, oh, yeah so he comes back and i am kind of curious um so they cure the four out of the five villains and then he is like going to send them back. Like if he sent them back, like what, what would happen? Like, because they don't have their powers anymore, but that would they also like be restored to their death scenes or because I feel like that would kind of make the cures. Green Goblin's suit looked awfully clean when he came through, when he was on the, above the freeway and his suit was rather dirty during the final battle, right before he died. So I'm willing to wager Green Goblin came from before the final battle, maybe even or, like before the parade scene. Oh no, no, I, w- I wasn't thinking like when they came back. I was thinking like when they went back to their uh, to their original universes, probably back like, to where they left from. Okay, because I was thinking if that's the case and they were cured, and that would presumably change the events of the other Spider-Man movies, or they would have some like alternate timeline of their I, I don't know it's just something i was thinking about that i'm not sure the movie was very clear about and i doubt what exactly I doubt happened. I, I, here, here's the canon explanation dr strange don't care it ain't his timeline <laughs> to watch it's someone else's problem i guess you're right yeah it, it was just something i felt like i guess that was the last like real complaint i had about the movie is like what happens after isn't very clear like, I, I guess yeah. it's clear if they weren't cured, but now that they are, I don't know if that changes anything. So, I don't, I don't know. It's just something I was thinking about. Well, they're, they're not all cured yet. We still have one villain to talk about. Oh, yeah, the Green Goblin shows up and he's like, can the Spider-Man come out to play? And then he uh, he goes down, he takes the box, and then uh, he ends up putting a bomb in it. They don't know this yet. Um but but he does, and then all the Spider-Men's Spider-Sense goes off, and they realize it, but then no one can really do anything about it. And then the, the spell gets gets loose because the box is completely broken now, and that that sends MJ off the building, and then the Tom Spider-Man goes to save her, but then the Green Goblin catches him, so then he can't save her. But then the Andrew Spider-Man kind of sees this, and he just starts jumping down, and then he catches her with his arms, and then he uses his... Uh, uh, web to soften the landing and then she survives this time so i th- i think that's probably like one of the fan favorite scenes of the movie was just mm-hmm. him getting to the save redemption. her instead of not yeah. being able to save her redeeming himself that was yeah that was a that was a cool scene everybody was cheering for him at that showing you heard it we were all cheering for him oh yeah yeah i think i think it was uh i think it was very good overall i guess like uh let's see um what what happens after okay i guess uh tom is like obviously still really upset about the whole aunt may dying because of green goblin so um he just gets one of his bombs and just blows it up right on top of him to get the glider to go all the way down to the ground and they just start fighting well i guess it it starts as more of a fight and then it gets very one-sided the more it continues on uh where where tom is about to use the goblin glider to kill the green goblin and then and then the Toby Spider-Man, he jumps in to save him, I guess because he didn't in the original movie. So then he saves him this time. And then for some reason, Green Goblin just stabs him. I'm not 100% sure what he was aiming to get out of this. Kill Spider-Man. He doesn't, he, Green Goblin is not about self-preservation. He just wants to kill Spider-Man. Like That is his forward most objective in the film. I, I, 
I guess so. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what he was realistically hoping for by killing or like trying to kill the person who would end up saving him. Because I guess without him, like the Spider-Man that saved him, I'm not sure how he thought he was going to survive afterwards. Probably. Well, I, like I, I know, I know what you said about the whole self-preservation not being the main goal there, but I feel like that was a little bit weird of a move to make. Because like the. The Toby Spider-Man survives the attack, so it's not like he is like fatally wounded or anything. So I, I don't know, but but then um, the Andrew Spider-Man throws the cure to him, and then he finally gets cured, and then um, so then all the main conflict of the villains are all saved. But there's still the whole issue about the uh, uh, the, the universe, yeah, kind of having a little bit of a problem. And then Doctor Strange's like, hey, I uh, can't hold this. Uh, and uh, Tom Spider-Man's like, hey, uh, can you just make a spell that makes people forget about me? And he's like, yeah, I suppose I could. And then he does. Uh, but then, of course, all the people have their goodbyes. All the Spider-Men have their goodbyes. They eventually end up leaving their world. Um, do you think that, I guess, okay, I I'm kind of curious on your interpretation of this. So he makes it so, like, everyone forgets that Peter Parker's Spider-Man do you think that the other universe people also forget that the Spider-Man, like, that, that they traveled to that world? The, or do you... The spell was trying to pull in everybody who thought that Peter Parker was Spider-Man. They were all showing up at that universe, so I can only assume that they were after that Peter. Although there were a darn infinite number of universes and infinite number of people, so presumably, I mean, maybe just a, that's just a select few of, of the multiverse. So right. that's a, I think it was exclusive to that universe, simply for plot reasons and also simply for simplicity reasons. But I wouldn't yeah. doubt it if it had effects on the wider multiverse. Yeah, I, I just kind of saw that it was a little bit. There was a little bit of a scene that is like you can't even really see it, but there's these characters, I want to say there's Craven the Hunter and the Scorpion silhouettes as like people who were like kind of noticing the whole multiverse opening kind Rhino. of thing. Yeah, I guess there's all those. I guess for Rhino, this wouldn't count as much just because like I don't think those are established characters in either of the other universes. So I'm kind of curious Rhino, as to if that was... Rhino was in... Um... The Amazing Spider-Man Spider 2. Yeah, he, I just don't he, think the he, other He was in the beginning, were. and then he didn't get a suit till the end, but he was, like, in the movie for, like, five minutes. Yeah, I'm just kind of wondering if the other, like, if Craven the Hunter and Scorpion exist in either of the, uh, the previous was, five. Scorpion was introduced in the mid credit scene of uh, Homecoming in the Prism of Vulture. He's in Prism of Vulture, has a scorpion tattoo on his neck. Um, so Scorpion and Vulture... Two founding members of the original Sinister Six, I think Scorpion was. I know Vulture was. Vulture's been in like every incarnation of it. They're mm -hmm. they're in prison. They are alive. Mysterio is a master of illusions. He's probably still alive. Um, well, I guess I, in a different universe, and in, in this one, he he isn't. So uh, uh, it's Mysterio. The whole point is you're not supposed to be sure. Um, I think after that. You said Craven. Craven the Hunter is getting a movie produced for Sony's Spider-Man films. Uh, well, yes, but I was thinking. Um, I guess the whole universe opening up scene, like, like, do you remember the scene where like the universe was like opening up and they're like all the blue people, 
like kind yeah. of seeing it. Yeah, like Robin, I, I, yeah. I, I felt like Craven the Hunter was one of those, but that would have to mean that he was in a different universe. So that's why I was wondering if he was a canon character in the other movies that just wasn't detailed. This is just a very minor no. point that probably no. will not come yeah. to anything. No, Craven hasn't been used in any of the live action movies yet. Aaron Taylor Johnson has set the play in an upcoming movie in Sony Spider-Man universe, which also is allegedly attached to Venom and Morbius. So there's all that going on. Um, there's still, there's still pieces in motion in regards to some of the like more popular villains. We haven't seen in movies yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but we saw Rhino. We know Craven's on the way in his own movie. And since the multiverse exists now, I mean, I guess he's, I guess he's real. And then Vulture, Scorpion are sitting in a prison cell right now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they, okay. could, and they, they, they used five villains and they didn't call it the Sinister Six. So, as far as we know, we may get a Sinister Six later on. I mean, they just introduced a symbiote to the MCU for the first time. Right. I, I feel like they're probably going to do something with that. I guess it, it just for now, it's speculation until those movies are actually out and then... And then we'll we'll th- we can talk about that later once they're actually properly out. But for now, it's just yeah. what we think of it. So um, I am kind of curious. What do you think about the whole like everyone forgetting about Peter Parker being Spider Man thing? Resets everything that has happened to him in the MCU. Compacts all three of his previous movies into an origin story and puts him right where he needs to be. That's what I think it does. I think right. for for us, if especially if there's rumors that Holland is going to leave the role, and they need to bring someone older in, they've put Peter in a place where they can put Spider-Man off to the side for a few years, let him get older, be friendly neighborhood, and then they can they can bring him back in later with someone different or Tom and do it all again. Okay, I personally. I mean, they might they might do that indeed. I think that's probably what's going to happen. Um, I personally thought that that decision was actually really cool and unique for the series, just because that hasn't really been done otherwise in any of the other Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. And I thought that it was a really good way of ending it in such a way that uh, had very long lasting consequences, like especially for the next Doctor Strange movie specifically. Um, yeah. which I'm not sure how exactly they're going to tie that. Like, I'm guessing that like him doing the spell is going to be the main cause of um, the conflict in that. I think it's still, I think it's like mid-May. I think like the uh, first couple days of May it's going to be released, I think. So um, we'll have to wait. March, I could be wrong. I could be I, wrong. I think, I think you're right. I think it is early May. Yeah, I think it's May for that. And I think Morbius comes out at April 1st, if I remember correctly. And then I think... Thor, Love and Thunder comes out in like July. I, I'm not 100% sure on that one though. There's a ton of movies coming out this year for Marvel. They're going, yeah. they're, they're going ham this year. Yeah, I'm probably gonna, um, I, I guess I guess I can uh, mention this a little bit later about what movies I'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, I think that just the ending of Spider-Man No Way Home is just a really memorable ending. Like, ironically memorable because the characters in the movie don't remember Spider-Man. But I think audience-wise, it's a very memorable ending. And uh, just something I really enjoyed and felt that it was very unique, like I'd mentioned. So I'm very I'm very satisfied with it. And I, I think it'll... Like, I don't think I am going to be quite as excited by comparison to see the other Spider-Man movies just because this was just the one I was waiting for the most. And I'm not sure how they would realistically top it, but 
I'll still be excited for whatever they have next for him. Yeah. I think they have done everything they can do to set up Multiverse of Madness. Multiverse of Madness to me feels like a soft ensemble, like a soft Avengers movie. It's had about two years of movies setting it up now. I mean, well, more like one. I mean, Black Widow um, kind of set up, more or less set up Hawkeye. Loki set up the multiverse, and now you have this. And then Kang the Conqueror's lurking around. He'll be an Ant-Man later on. The, they've, they've been positioning pieces for about a, for, for a good number of releases now. I think we're going to see some kind of culmination in Multiverse of Madness. Some sign, some like, and I guess there's got to be a spark that sets off the powder keg in that movie. Something big and bad is going to happen in Multiverse of Madness. It just, yeah. It's going to be insane trying to figure out what. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually really excited to see that movie. I think, okay, um, Okay, there was one more thing I wanted to mention about the Spider-Man movie, and then I kind of had a question for you about the other Marvel movies, but I'm going to save that for a little bit of time. Um, first off, I wanted to ask, like, is uh, is there any specific point that you wanted to end this? Because I know we're already going over an hour and, like, 13 minutes. Yeah. Um, um, uh, you go. You go finish. Okay, um, there's only a few other things I want to talk about. I don't anticipate it taking too long. I just didn't know if you were doing something else and this was going to be in the way of that. No, we're okay right now. Okay, um, so th- the last thing I wanted to mention was the Venom scene. Um, I feel like it was pretty funny to have just everybody else just having these like major fights and these like deep themes and then... Uh, Ed, uh, Eddie Brock and Venom are just drinking at a Mexican bar, like talking with someone about like uh, aliens, like getting blowing out half the, the universe. Yeah, and then just completely not understanding and making fun of the Hulk. And then as soon as they're starting to enjoy it, they just get sent back, like with absolutely no main, uh, like they have no involvement in the main story. I guess, I mean, he does leave behind a little bit of the symbiote, but it doesn't have anything to do with this specific movie. I do think it was kind of funny, but at the same time, okay, on one hand, I wish they would have done a little bit more with it. But on the other hand, I don't know how the movie would have gone if they added Venom in as part of the main story like i feel like him fighting like spider-man like they the tones of venom and venom let there be carnage just don't fully uh match let there Um, be carnage is a darker movie but it's also um it's humor it's like dark humor it's not so much an action sort of alien mystery movie it's right yeah it doesn't hit the same uh the same chords as the first one does. The first one is just an entirely... It's a nuts movie. It's crazy. I love the first one. Yeah, I thought they were pretty good overall, but not necessarily ones I would, like, watch very often, I guess. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know. But anyway, um, I thought... I feel like if they were in the movie, like, more, I might complain about their placement not fitting. So, I guess there's no great way to satisfy me in their involvement, like, so I guess they kind of did the best, like, just not involving him with the main story of this specific movie, but then having his existence still have some presumably lasting consequences, because I don't know what the symbiote would do exactly, uh, and we'll just have to wait for another Spider-Man movie for it to give a proper answer, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited to see what'll happen, but admittedly, I don't I don't know what they would have done if he was in the main story, so... 
it's just it's just something I had mentioned earlier that I was going to talk about. So that was it, really. Yeah. Um, and the question I, I had for you was, uh, which uh, like superhero movies do you plan on seeing in 2022? That's a good question. Well, obviously, Thor and Doctor Strange. Um, really excited for Miss Marvel to come out on Disney Plus when they finally get a trailer off of that. Kamala Khan is just a great character all around. And mm-hmm. I, I heard they're changing her powers for the series. They're not going to be using her traditional polymorphic abilities. You know, stretchy, size enhancing like uh, Mr. Fantastic. Right. So it'll be interesting to see how they do that. And also they have to set up the Marvels, which comes out in, I think, November of this year. I probably won't go see the Marvels. Um, I'm just not a big Captain Marvel fan. The MCU kind of did the character dirty. I'm not, it's not like I hate Brie Larson or anything. I know she catches a lot of flack. And I love Carol Danvers as a character. It's just the way they portrayed her in the first movie. I feel like they're going to try and course correct her personality in this one. And I am not for it. Yeah, I don't have any problem with the actress specifically. I just, uh, it like kind of like how you said, it wasn't necessarily something that, but they, I guess they, it wasn't something I was looking for exactly, and I'm not familiar with the character. Carol so Danvers I, is just, she's a great character. Very powerful character. Used properly in Endgame, but the first Captain Marvel movie just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. Okay. And it wasn't yeah, it, entirely... And it's not the fault of having a female protagonist or anything before anybody starts going nuts. It's just <laughs> the lines, the, how they tried to write her. That's not who Carol Danvers is. She's serious by all accounts, but she's also somewhat reckless and loose and knows how to have fun. But I don't know. I get it just with some of the plots they're running in the movie, I guess they tried to bury those parts of the character and it didn't really work. So okay, yeah, it's it's been a while since I've seen the movie, so I don't have as much to comment about that. And then I know we're getting a little bit off topic um, from the main uh, well, Spider-Man we're, thing. We're just do, we're just doing wrap up now, so we're good. Yeah, um, let's see. I think for myself personally, I'll probably I might see the Morpheus or uh, the Morbius movie. Not not Morpheus. I've I've watched most of the Matrix ones already. That's a different series. Um, yeah. I, I might watch the Morbius one. I'm not sure. Um, I plan on seeing Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, but other than that, that's about it for ones that I am pretty sure I will see. Um, the only other one I'd even consider is the new Uncharted movie, which doesn't have anything to do with this except for having Tom Holland as well. Um, basically, uh, there's a uh, Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection for the PlayStation 5, and if you had uh, either Uncharted 4 Thieves End or Uncharted The Lost Legacy, the games are included there. If you had like the disc or digital download, you could get the like both of the games for $10 instead of $50. And it also comes with a voucher to see the movie, but I don't know if Deer Park Cinema would accept that. So um, if I get the voucher, I'll probably see it. If not, I probably won't. But uh, I might see those. But other than that, that's about it. I'm not like as big of like a Thor fan, so I don't think I'll see that one. Um, for quite a while, but but I don't know. I'm not I'm not set on that exactly. Yeah, I think people are kind of complaining about Phase Four of Marvel moving a little slow, you know. And I get that. There's a lot. Of, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in the works. By no means is Marvel moving slow behind the scenes, but just getting things out. The pandemic has obviously slowed things down, and you know, then just they're trying to figure out where to go after you know the Infinity Saga. I think. I think what they're building towards 
having introduced Kang the Conqueror and Loki and having introduced the multiverse, it's going to get very real very quick. And it's going to be hard to keep up if you haven't gotten caught up already. So. Yeah, I feel like I feel like phase four for it is just like a lot of like setup because there are important details in like yeah, well, in Loki and it, I guess like for WandaVision specifically for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. But there's that, and then there's the multiverse stuff in Spider Man No Way Home, and there's like a lot of stuff that I'm I'm assuming there's not going to be like another Avengers Infinity War End Game like. Um, I don't think it's going to be one to that scale of movie uh, for a few more years. It's so I feel be, like it. Yeah, it's going to be a while. Yeah, I feel like it's just a lot of setup for now, and I could be wrong. Since I guess if someone's listening to this in like 2025 and like they're still not by then, then I I guess I just could be wrong. But I feel like it's just going to be a lot of setup for like a whole bunch of stuff happening like way later on. Well, back in Phase One, they had to do all the same stuff. I mean, they had Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, Iron Man 2, Incredible Hulk, and then the first Avengers movie, which had Thanos in the end credits scene. So yeah, like, I'm just I'm just thinking it, that, um, like, the other... Hmm? I think they're just taking their time, because they want to do everything right, like how they did it last time. Because if you remember correctly, Phase 1 wasn't exactly, like... Like, the movies were good, but, like... You know, those aren't the most cheered about movies you talk about now when you talk about best movie in Marvel. So I think Phase yeah. 4 is just Phase 1 2.0. Yeah, I'm guessing it's also because those ones weren't really made for, like, setting up a lot of things. Like, I guess the end credit scene of The Incredible Hulk kind of did. But other than that, like, Iron Man, Captain America... I, I guess kind of Captain America because of the whole um, Nick Fury, like, being there at the end was kind of setting up for, like, a ensemble movie i guess it wasn't as much setting up it was just more establishing the characters in general compared to this one where most of the characters are already established except for like the eternals aren't really but besides that they're um they're already pretty known by by this point in the series so yeah, uh, I, I honestly I don't have a whole lot else to say. Um, was there was there anything else you really wanted to mention before the episode is over, or is uh no? I think that we about pretty it? well. I think we pretty well covered it. We've hit all the beats. We've talked about No Way Home. We've talked about a little bit of the future. I think the only thing really left to to say is that I'm happy with what Marvel's done so far. Even if Eternals and Black Widow were just kind of little bits of fumbles, but I think going forward they're they're on solid ground. They're going to be oh, yeah, I, I think so. Um, I personally, I don't know if there's going to be any Marvel movie that's going to top what I enjoyed in event or at, in Spider-Man No Way Home. So maybe that's like a little bit of a disappointing thing for me because I don't, I, I just don't know how they would realistically do that. Um, except for, okay, one more thing I want to ask, and then we can we can be done with this uh, episode. Do you think, like, I know I've heard a lot of things about the next Doctor Strange movie. Do you think they're going to introduce any X-Men characters? I heard a rumor that Hugh Jackman was coming back. And my response to that is, uh, good luck. I don't think, (laughs) I don't, I don't think Hugh Jackman's back. You know, he wanted out of the claws and he looks old. You know, he, he, he himself said so. Um, maybe Mr. Fantastic from like, a different version of Mr. Fantastic, I guess. They'll probably introduce some concepts, some characters. But um, 
ultimately, I, I don't think it's going to be anything too crazy. I, I think no. we'll get a couple neat cameos. We might see the other Spider-Men again. That's actually a very... I mean, if they got him in for one movie, I wouldn't be surprised if they got Toby and Garfield back to do one more. So, yeah, we'll see. I, I, That'd I be feel neat. like it, it might happen. I've heard some, like, rumors uh, online about, like, certain cast things happening, but if not, like, I feel like that's okay. I'm not expecting them to be there by any means. It's just something I figured I would mention because I've I've heard it and I just don't know what you thought of it. So yeah, we're getting um, America Chavez. We're getting Doctor Strange, Wanda, maybe Loki, maybe. Not entirely sold on that last one. I I don't um, think so. I mean, we'll we'll just have to see when the movie comes out for sure. But I don't think. It, he will appear there i feel like he's gonna obviously he's gonna show up in loki season two of course i don't know how he couldn't but um no i don't it's just about everybody other than loki (laughs) yeah i think i feel like that would be a great decision to just have loki like the main character like him being um like like the star wars opening like where they have those like yellow credits across the sky where they just give some explanation of why loki isn't there like loki died lol he's not here but here's everybody else <laughs> lol loki lol loki did dead dd <laughs> uh, thanos broke his neck again <laughs> had that happen ha- have it open have loki like about ready to like try to save the time the you know, the time uh the TVA, and just Thanos walks in and just goes, nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like that would be a great ending, or a great beginning to that. It would be yeah, like no. the most shocking yeah. scene in Marvel history, but like not for good reason. Phases phases four through six, yeah, it's just phase, phases one through three, except it, it, Thanos is just going to win for forever. Like, all of all of that was for nothing. <laughs> I, I think I've got it. Thanks. I think I've, I've, I've got the Thanks best idea billions. ever. See, uh, uh, not season. Um, phase five is literally just the rest, like the other movies, like phase one, like just re-released, like with no edits. <laughs> and then they continue, like phase six is just the phase two movies and theaters again, and so on and so forth. Oh God, dude, I think that's the long game, and Disney is like not down to like get sued into oblivion. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it's a great idea. Well, I'm going to leave you to your great ideas. Yeah, well, it may not be that great. I could be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I think I think we should probably end the uh, the episode oh. now. We're we're almost an hour and a half in. Um, That's pretty I, solid. I, I don't want to stretch it out by another several minutes just to get to the hour and a half mark. So I feel like we'll just end it here. Um, in case you haven't figured out, I, we enjoy the movie, so uh, you should go watch it. It's probably still going to be in theaters for quite a while. It might reach the $1.8 billion mark, I certainly hope. I don't think it's going to get any higher in the um, highest grossing films of all time list. I think it's going to stay at six for um, quite a while, but I mean, I, I would ha- be happy to be wrong, but I feel like that's going to happen. It's just going to stay there. Yeah. And I, I don't I, see. A... I'm in complete agreement. I think it's just a fantastic movie. It made its money. It made its money in spades. And hopefully, Tom Holland just kind of looks at it and goes, "You know what? I want to make three more. Because why? Why not? Why the hell not? You've already made the budget for the next three movies. Make ten more movies. <laughs> just to really get all that money you can. Oh God. All right. <sighs> well, this has been Connor. 
Yep, uh, uh, this is uh, Billy from Ben Billy Spacewalk. We have successfully uh, gotten into the White House hacking, and uh, if we don't make another episode, uh, y- y- you'll you'll know what happened to us. Godspeed, you beautiful bastards.